0: Foundations.
1: That they did everything with a fee Mm. attached to it. They were very, very rich, very wealthy. They appeased Rome, they kept their people submissive and they pocketed all of the rewards for their efforts.
0: Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. We're learning about the different religious groups in Judaism. We've learned about the most well-known one in the New Covenant, the Pharisees. And last time we started learning about the Sadducees. We learned about their origins and roles and that they were more political than religious in the main. Now we're going to learn what their jobs entailed and what their religious beliefs were.
1: Yeah, so last time we learned that the Sadducees, uh, their their name, Sadducees means the righteous, which is embarrassingly flawed, let's just say. And also possibly from the family line of Zadok the priest from the days of King David because of the wickedness, basically, of Eli's family line when he was high priest and his sons were really bad Mm, boys. Uh, These were the wealthy aristocrats, uh, powerful socially and politically. They were Roman appointees of both governors and procurators as well, expected to toe the line to keep the people and Rome happy. Mm. If there was peace in a region, Rome was happy. If it became volatile, Rome would come down with iron boots. Mm. And nobody wanted that. Uh, I also mentioned that the Pharisees were the conservatives of the day, and the Sadducees were pretty much the liberal progressives, more concerned with their social position, political expediency, and getting fat bank balances. They weren't really that interested in being faithful to God's word. They mm. were experts in the Torah, the first five books, yeah. but Everything else, the historic books, the poetic books, the prophetic books, all of those they ignored.
0: Mm. So obviously, particularly if they're being appointed by Roman governors and what have you, they must have had some responsibilities to Rome. So what were some of the things that they were expected to do as a part of their role?
1: Yeah, they were very responsible and beholden to Rome. Politically, they administered the state on domestic issues. They also represented the state internationally, kind of like foreign ambassadors. I think I mentioned last time that they held the majority of seats in the Sanhedrin, of which there were 70. They collected taxes for the temple, of course. They also collected taxes for other certain things within the empire that was outside the purview of the temple. But perhaps the tax collectors around the country collected on behalf of the Sadducees and then simply took it to them to pass on to Rome. And interestingly, they even collected taxes from Jews who weren't even living in Judea. They were living in the Diaspora.
0: Oh, well, wow. So yeah. they were being taxed just for being a Jew, not even for living there.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much like a, <laughs> a, a Jewish tax. Yeah, right. So if you were a Jew living wherever, mm-hmm. somewhere else in the rest of the world, you not only paid all of the taxes that you had to pay in that particular country, but you also got slugged for being wow. Jewish by the Sadducees. Double whammy. Yeah, so the uh, Sadducees both equipped and led the army in the service of Rome, yep. not their own army, of course. They helped regulate uh, the relations with the Roman Empire and they mediated domestic grievances. So domestically, they had a pretty big job and they had lots of responsibilities. And you can bet your bottom dollar that they did everything with a fee mm. attached to it. They were very, very rich, yeah. very wealthy. They appeased Rome. They kept their people submissive and they pocketed all of the rewards for their efforts. Yeah, yeah they were pretty bad.
0: Well, I guess you only to look at the book of Malachi where it's really you know, a rebuke from the Lord. And really he's speaking to the priests and you know, yes, the leaders was. within the church saying, you know, you're robbing from me. So God was really upset with what they were doing, but it wasn't so much talking to the, the general population. He was talking to those church leaders.
1: Yeah, he was. Because... When Jesus came to the temple, remember, he got so angry with them Mm. because he said, you have turned the house of God, which is a house of prayer, into a den of thieves Mm. or a den of robbers. These guys had set up like breeding programs. We've talked about this on other, uh, other topics. So, you know, every sacrifice that was brought had to be perfect. You couldn't bring some scungy little runted lamb along or something with a broken leg. It had to be perfect. Well, how can you prove to the Sadducees, the priests, that the offering you've brought from home fits the criteria? So Mm. it was in the priest's best interest to say, no, I'm sorry, that doesn't, I can't confirm it. You'll have to have one of ours. And so therefore, you'd go to the temple, you would buy your turtle dove or your lamb or your goat or whatever at exorbitantly inflated prices. And then it would be accepted. So Jesus was so angry with them. Yeah. I mean, they even had a currency exchange set up. Yeah, that's so right. So you'd bring your currency that would yeah. have had Caesar's head on it. Yeah. Don't dare bring that into the temple. Mm. Then they'd do a currency conversion. Yeah. And make money with off of With a too. bit of
0: inflation on the side, yeah.
1: Yeah. So that started in Malachi's day and, and, and God just reprimanded them. He said, get your act together. Yeah, that's right. Jesus turns up 400 years later and it's still happening. Yeah,
0: exactly. So what did they then believe, like religiously speaking, what do Sadducees believe?
1: righty, the Sadducees did not believe that God was involved in everyday life. Okay, He was kind of like a set and forget kind of a God. Mm-hmm. And uh, as such, they were extremely self-sufficient, doing what was necessary for their own personal benefits. They didn't hold to the writings of the historical books, as I said, the prophets, the poetical wisdom books. They only held to the teachings of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. They categorically denied the resurrection of the dead and it was uh, one of the reasons they vehemently opposed the testimony of Jesus' resurrection because Mm. it absolutely blew their theology out of the water. They didn't believe in an afterlife. They believed that the soul died along with the body and that, of course, meant that they didn't believe in either eternal reward or punishment. Yeah, wow. they they didn't believe in the spirit realm. They didn't believe in angels or demons or any kind of spiritual entity. Well,
0: wow. not what they do believe, but what they don't believe more than anything. And I guess Shocking. you can understand that would mean that they would look at the temporal things of the world as being that's all there is to it. You know, make hay while the sunshine, so to speak.
1: That's right. So, th- so for them. Uh, having a lot of money, having political power, social Mm, influence and prestige, that was the whole of life. Yeah,
0: that's all it was. It it it.
1: baffles me though because think of, they only believed in the first five books of Moses, but what about Abraham's encounter with the Lord and the angels? I mean, what was that? Yeah, exactly. And yet they just, any kind of spiritual entity, Mm
0: -hmm. no. So
1: what was God?
0: Yes, exactly.
1: It's just, it's bizarre, isn't it? It's Mm. a theology that actually implodes on itself if you think about it. Yeah. So they took as we mentioned, great deal of uh, glee and joy in the debates that they had with the Pharisees. And they'd get them tied up in knots and sit back and laugh. They <laughs> loved that. But the real sticking point, I guess, that comes to mind is this issue of the resurrection. Yeah,
0: well, there's a great passage in Matthew 22 where the Sadducees, I guess, bring this uh, hypothetical to Jesus. And they talk yeah. about this woman who's married to a man. He dies. Then the law was that the brother would have to marry her to provide an offspring. Seven brothers all die. Ultimately, she dies as well. No children have been born. What happens? So they bring this hypothetical to Jesus and basically say, you know, who will she be married to in the afterlife, which they don't believe in, obviously.
1: I always think of that, and I think of that poor woman. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's
1: right. (laughs) She got stuck with seven brothers.
0: Seven brothers. How would you be? But, of course, Jesus rebuked them in this passage in Matthew 22. He actually shamed them publicly as well. He did. Because he said to them, you know, you're supposed to be the most learned and wise men of God, the priests who are mediating between you know, God and the people. <laughs> yeah. You don't understand the Bible. You don't understand you know, God's word and you know, actually what this is all about. I know.
1: How how good was that re- yeah. retort? And the, the funny thing out of this whole thing at the end of it is that it was the one time where Jesus actually got the Pharisees on his side. Yes,
0: that's right. They started
1: agreeing with him. It was amazing.
0: But let me just read a bit of this. It's Matthew 22, from verse 29 to 32. Jesus answered and said to them, You're mistaken, not understanding the Scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. But regarding the resurrection of the dead, haven't you read what was spoken to you by God? I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He's not the God of the dead, but of the living. <laughs> I love that. It's so and good. as you
1: said, this is a public yeah. place. Mm-hmm. You've got these two religious factions who can't stand each other, who've come together to try to trip Jesus up. Mm. And these are the priests, the go-between between God and men, the educators, the informers, the mouthpiece of God to the people and says, You don't understand the scripture Mm. and you don't even understand the power of God. He's just completely obliterated their authority, their standing, their power Mm. in front of these people. Not only that, but he actually points out that in the resurrection, people are going to be like angels. So he affirms that there are spiritual beings. Mm -hmm. And what's more, he affirms that Abraham, Isaac and Jacob are living. And he's quoting the Torah, that's right. the only book yeah. <laughs> that they will have yeah. put any stock in Yeah, So Isn't he uses he
0: uses their reference material <laughs> yeah. to prove that they are actually wrong. Exactly, and, and then the Pharisees go, real. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah right. <laughs> he's our guy. Oh, I love it
0: Such a great scene, you can just yeah, imagine really the, the looks of astonishment amongst yeah. everyone that's watching yeah. on really from good that. stuff. Well that wraps up our brief overview of the Sadducees, but we're going to continue our study of the different groups and factions within Judaism. Next time we're going to look at the scribes